thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hey guys, this is Adrian, host of CX Chronicles Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in each and every week, listening and learning to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world. I wanted to take a minute to give a quick shout-out on some of the things that we're working on here at CXC. Number one, CX Scorecards. Take a minute to check out the CX Scorecard and see how your business and team is stacking up to others. Number two, CX Accelerators. We are spending time with incredible startups and scale-ups across the country, helping them optimize their CX and offering them a number of different CX-managed services. Number three, CX Bootcamps. If you're looking for a way to become CXC certified and level up your game, ask us about our bootcamps. You get access to a live coach on a weekly basis, and we will build your game plan for building your customer-focused playbook for success. Check us out at cxchronicles.com. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the CX Chronicles podcast. Super excited. Lee Roquette, welcome to the show, my friend. Ah, so thank thank you for having me. I can't wait to talk and share and uh, yeah, get going. Well, look, first of all, guys, so Lee and I have caught up a couple of times over the last few weeks getting ready for the show. And um, it's always nice to have another true CXer that has been been doing the same types of things, thinking about customer experience, thinking about all the intricacies of what goes into building an awesome customer experience and doing it at a super cool company like Yellowfin. So I'm pumped for, uh, for you to join the CX Nation today, my friend. Well, thank you for having me. Really, it's a pleasure. So let's get um, let's get the show started, Lee. Let's 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 get things going like we always do. Why don't you take a couple minutes, give the CX Nation um, your background, give them a bit of a sense for how you found your way into working in customer experience, and let them know how you got into the position you are today as the Chief Customer Officer at Yellowfin. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great to share kind of my past. I think a lot of people who um, find themselves in the kind of CX or customer success space probably have a similar story. It started in in software. Yeah. 20 years ago, software company working in tech support uh, was able to to just be able to scale up and manage some teams in in the technical support space. Uh, found that I had a you know a good a good passion for just trying to, to help teams and also the customers just be more successful. And so, you know, rose to, to management. Um, and what I learned early, and I, I luckily had a great um, a COO I worked for, Gary Coates. And he always, he told me early on in my career is that, you know, if you really want to drive change is make sure that you have your fingers in all the processes and systems that true. are in the organization, right? It's true, man. You know, 20 years ago, it was very everything was siloed, and I think you know a lot of a lot of teams still kind of have that struggle when they're trying to horizontally push. You're right. Why the customer value is so important, especially as you know you have companies who are doing uh, you know SaaS based models, monthly subscriptions. You just have to embrace the value of the customer. 
so as I as I started my career, I, I definitely made sure that I over could oversee the systems that the organization built on. So I, I kind of took the operations and customer success. I guess that has always been my passion. And so I've always managed or overseen the, you know, building of CRMs or the management of CRMs or improving the process for the teams because my my goal and things that I always look at is the people process and product. Yep. And so if I can make the process easier for the teams, they can spend more time with the customer. Yeah. Yeah. And so going through the, you know, typical, I've been at a couple of software companies and you know, vice president of client services and really focusing on the customer, the teams around the customer. Um, so over the last few years, I mean, I've had a couple couple side journeys, did a startup with, <laughs> with some friends uh, to do, I've always been in software and ended up doing uh truck bed storage systems. So that was super fun. Nice. That's different. Yeah. That's a lot different Marketing than software. And, oh, it was so <laughs> different and just fun to do a kind of a, a B2C and just do something completely new and different. So I learned a ton. Um, and then Wait, I, Lee, I have to ask you, what, what yeah. drew you guys into that whole space? What, 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 what made you want to go down that rabbit hole? Well, it, well, okay. So yeah, totally transparent. So I was at a, a hardware software company and was brought in to help um, grow the company to to sell. And uh, and then we had so much fun. A team of seven of us, and we we got the company turned around and built this great uh, this great change um, within the organization. And the owner decided didn't want to sell. So we kind of all got. Uh, uh, let go to go find something new to do. And this opportunity landed in my lap to just completely do something different. And I, I'm really close friends with the um, original kind of idea person behind that uh, company. And it was, yeah, it was just, I was employee number one, head of marketing, head of operations, and got to build from the ground up a really cool company. Um, and then uh, actually it was kind of kind of interesting because the person that I uh, launched, who I worked for at uh, this company, he was really close friends. They went to primary school together with uh, Glenn Robbie, the CEO of Yellowfin. Nice. So yeah, it's just, you know, it's funny how you, people's relationships and as you evolve, you just kind of stumble on these opportunities. And I, I got to meet Glenn and was just super impressed with kind of what his passion was for for Yellowfin, you know, being in the the data space and really providing companies with the tools to um, visualize their data to help drive their business success. And so, yeah, I I took the opportunity to jump over to Yellowfin and got to start with employee 33 and really got to build on the 20 years experience I have with teaming and building teams and process. And it's been super, I mean, super rewarding because I've got to kind of take everything I've learned and and also just some of the things that are kind of happening in the in the space around customer success the last five five years or so because it's changing so rapidly. So I mean, even in this last twelve months, I'm 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 scratching my head on some of the programs that I've started, you know, six years ago or five years ago, and yep. like, we got to we got to dump those and and pivot. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So I mean, currently I'm I've been at uh, Yellowfin, which is business intelligence software company, um, for seven years, and uh, you know, taken on the chief customer role and been able to expand the company into five five offices globally with 175 employees, and uh, you know, truly a company that is committed to the customer success. Um, didn't start out that way. Definitely took uh, three or four years to get the company to realize the customer value and how important, um, you know, having a customer success. When I started, we didn't, we pretty much said, thank you for your business. We'll 
talk to you when you renew. And so, <laughs> you know, building a customer success team, even like getting that idea that there was a need for the, for a customer Absolutely. success team yeah. to to understand the customer, shepherd them through onboarding. I mean, that yeah. whole process has had to been I've had to build. You know, with it's, teams. It's- it's funny, Lee. It's like that. That so. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that awesome, awesome story, awesome journey. But just to jump right into it, like what you, what you just mentioned is huge, man. Like sometimes it's so hard getting these businesses off the ground, getting a company from zero or nothing to something, anything, right? Something with a with a, with blood yeah. and, a, and a heartbeat. And then the other thing too is similar to um, I, I, I always use my, my 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 building a bonfire analogy with the company, right? Like. It's it's really really easy to want to you know to, to want to feed the fire, but like there's there is a process involved. Typically, you can't start with the biggest logs. You got to get some small sticks, yeah. small get some get some leaves involved, get a little bit of the the tinder involved to get the things caught, and then you can start adding on. And customer experience is regardless of the company size or or, or, or what type of industry or space they're in. We're like the tenders of the fire. We treat, we were the people that like early on are fanning the flames. We're figuring out mm-hmm. what's going to catch, what's going to start to almost like kind of like not catch or almost go out on us and start to just to smolder. Yeah. And it's hard. Every business goes through a different ebb and a different flow around arriving, arriving at why CX is critical to, to, to invest in inside of your business. And then more, most importantly, it takes companies a totally different trajectory to figure out how it's not always just your head of sales. It's not always just your head of marketing, your head of ops, your head of, it is a different thing that needs to be able to bounce across all of those spaces and all those people's and people process product to be able to help, help figure out what the hell is going to be the big opportunities for your company or for your product or for your service. Yeah, no, I think, you know, excuse me. uh, The thing that I've, uh, I've realized just in the last seven years, just, you know, I, I, I've done this now a couple of times with with teams, and it's it is really the hardest thing for anyone who's who has to carry the uh, customer flag. Yeah, is, is to really be able to understand what type of company you are working at. Yeah, are you a sales company? Are you a product company? Are you a service company? Yep. And, you know, and then uh, Jeannie Bliss does a good job talking about this. Is like figuring totally. out that type of because co- you. You have to go at things differently based on what the end result is for your customers, and yeah, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, had this struggle too. Is it you get you get put into a silo? Oh, oh, that's that team's responsibility for the success of the customer. You know, yeah. that's right, that's right. their thing. We don't, you know, I I'm in QA or I'm in Dev or I'm in finance, and so it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> so it takes a, a really long time to to get the horizontal understanding of everyone's tied to the success of the customer, you know, and yeah. trying to get yeah. that mindset. So, you know, you need, you need someone who's loud and proud about, yeah. you know, <laughs> the customer experience to, to really be able to get people to the table and take ownership. And that's, that's been the hardest thing. I mean, that's honestly, it's taken me, yeah, five years. And, and luckily, you know, you got to have that, you know, the CEO, Glenn, he is so, he is so customer focused and he's so, he, he's, you know, it's so important to have that, that senior leadership support because other, otherwise you're just black, black opsing everything and trying to just do what you know is right yeah. and try, trying to support your teams. Um, but if you, if you can't align your, I mean, especially us for a software company, if you can't align your, your product team understanding the, and gathering feedback from customers to validate the direction you're taking your, your, your company or the quality of your, of your product, you know, again, 
everything about the customer experience these days is about delivering on the brand promise. And that Big starts time. from marketing, <laughs> sales, you yeah. know, like yeah. the sales team not understanding that bad business or over, you know, over promising to a customer what you can deliver just sets yep. your post sales teams up for total failure and total bad work. It, it, so, and on top of your your own goals, right? It's going to be really hard to hit yeah. some of your upsell and your cross sell goals when you're oh, not yeah. setting proper expectations up front, right? Like, totally. Who's going totally. to who's going to sign up for another year for another contract yeah. when you haven't been able to deliver on the first one? So, um, Lee, I one before we jump into the first CX pillar of team, I want you to I want you to share with us um, about how the Yellowfin team is built. But you just said something I can't ignore, my friend. You talked about like knowing. Um, what customer flag you're waving, right? As a leader, any customer focused business leader. And it's funny because I know a lot of the work that we do at CXC with some of our clients, they'll, they'll say to us in, in, inside of some of our, um, our working sessions, they'll say, well, why are we talking about how is culture and mission and, 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 and values? How is that a, how's that a part of this? You're the CX guy. I just want to know how to get my phone, my phone call scores, you know, better. And I want to, my ticket, yep. my ticket game to be improved. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, hold on. It is all yeah, so much together. more than that. Yeah, yeah, it is all baked together. So I, I, I love that you call that out, um, Lee. Why don't you jump into the first six pillar of team? Give us the lay of the land for how the Yellowfin team is laid out today, my friend. Yeah, you know, I think for us, we the way that our team is organized here is we've we have actually in just the last again it's taken kind of years to to get to um, where we are. I mean, just three years ago for our organization, everything rolled under sales. Okay. So all of our all of our CS teams, all of that was under sales. And, and yeah. again, one of the things you have to step back and really look at what's what's the end goal of your customer experience, you know, and especially if you're having teams that are, you know, a CS team that is responsible for business relationships and and being the trusted advisor and trying to develop that that long term, you know, business renewal process, you know, if that's what you're trying to build, then having your 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 I guess uh, trusted advisor team that's trying to do that under sales, they're always going to have sales breath. <laughs> you know, they're always going <laughs> to. It's hard to trust somebody if you know, hey, we want to help you, but I also need to close yeah. some quarter numbers. Can you? Yeah. Can we get some more licenses? You know, yeah, nobody yeah, likes yeah. that. Yeah, nobody likes um, that. So just just recently, just in the last two years, we've split our teams into two camps, the okay. acquisition and the retention camps. Okay, so great. I oversee everything related to the post post sales team. So that really allows our teams to focus on the acquisition and, and qualification and, and landing that new deal, which we all love. But then my teams are all responsible for ensuring that we do onboarding correctly, that we understand the success plan and what that looks like and yep. defining how we're going to engage and, and promote their adoption and growth and return on investment. And then we have our client services teams. So who focus on just the troubleshooting, getting, you know, break fix, um, supporting any issues that come up to stabilizing the deployment of, of our software um, with our, with our trusted customers. So kind of a, yeah, our, our, our CS, our, 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 um, Client services teams are, are really how we uh, kind of split our camp, and then I, I too also oversee the sales engineers. Okay. Um, so we kind of we decided to to break this the kind of a typical model, and I think this is starting to happen. I was going to say, I was going to say, what type of strings did you have to pull to make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's what it's interesting because I first started at, at, here at Yellowfin, and we kind of had a similar thing, and and I actually I used to oversee QA. And it was a kind of a like we're trying to break the 
well, we've always done this this way yeah, yeah. Um, kind of process. And so we, we found that the product quality was struggling because the developers were trying to get stuff done yeah. in their timelines and QA was trying to do quality. And so Dev was just saying, well, just close that. We'll fix it later. Yes, <laughs> and so yes, pulling yes. QA out, giving them a voice, similar, similar fashion to why we currently have the sales engineers reporting under me is that we want to... We're a huge fan of uh, Chris White's six habits of um, highly effective sales engineers and teams. Yeah. And, and the process is really trying to get the sales engineers to have a voice. Like we need that technical, um, the technical qualification side of it rather than sales teams want to get stuff closed. And we really need to have that voice to say, that's great, but we can't do that. We can't deliver that. That's going to be a terrible experience for our customer. We need to back away and go go after the next, you know, the next opportunity. I, I love that, Lee. I don't want to put you on the spot, but for for some of our listeners, do you happen to re- recall what the six um, the six habits were by any chance? Where's because I and no, and, and I, I'm I'm only curious because, or even at a high level, just to give our listeners a sense for sort of what some of those main what some of those main focus areas look like, or or or, or even better, how the Yellowfin team has tried to point the team. To think about utilizing some of those pillars. Yeah, and honestly, you did just put me on the side, and I'm like blanking okay. on the six habits. It's okay. But, you know, I think you know the reason that anyway, actually we just finished another round with Chris last week. Just we've had new hires, and it's just it, it's been the foundation of of how we look at the partnership, how we go at doing demos differently. Um, Chris's book is super, is great because it's super streamlined to basic concepts, um, and it's really it's really focused on partnership, pr- preparation, um, you know, going into it with, and I'm totally going to space the six. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely could follow up afterwards. But, um, you know, it really is about the preparation, the partnership, you know, sales is a team sport. And I think it is, it is totally you know, just like CX is a team sport, just like the success of the company is a team sport. So getting, getting that partnership, understanding that look, sales, you guys, what you sell impacts our renewal numbers and yes, how we can deliver. And so, you know, that's a big part of, of, of his focus is just getting, understanding what the outcomes are under, you know, clearly defining what uh, the customer's needs are. Cause the customers come with you. We're like, we want this, yep. but what do they actually need? And yep. so yep. it's really, anyway. Yeah. So, I, I apologize. It's, I, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, no, no, I, I, and I, told, I called it out. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I, I did. So real quick, I happen, I happen to find it. It's, Habit number one is partnering. Habit number two is probe. Habit number three is prepare. Habit number four is practice. Habit number five is perform. Part one, and then and then six is perform, or six is perfect or perfected. Right? Perfect. Those are yeah. those are incredible directional guides. Yes. Around. Thank you for pulling those out. <laughs> no, 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 I had to because I had to because as soon as you called it out, I think it's like one of those things where. And, and Lee, you and I were talking about this the other day, man. Especially, especially in the startup and the scale-up game, where it's so easy for these growing businesses or for these budding businesses to want to remain laser focused on the thing that starts to work early on that gets their bonfire yeah. caught. But the reality is, there's there's a number of different methodologies out there, like Chris, like Chris White's, where yeah. if you break these things down into a series of simple pillars or buckets or phases or thoughts, enter whatever word or term you want to enter. Yeah. It helps to sim- simplify a yeah. rather complex thing. And I think it's like, it's just important for listeners to always try to find different ways of helping you simplify this stuff because it can be yeah. complex and you it know, can be daunting. 
Yeah, a lesson that I have learned, and I'm actually just in this process of kind of my little aha moment. Um, you know, I love I love frameworks. I you know I've I, in the last three organizations I've been in, you know, the the KCS model, the knowledge centered services model, has been something I'm super passionate about because if you can manage your knowledge internally yeah. and get your teams to share globally then the customer also has that experience to get quick yep. resolution and, yep. you know, case deflection and all that. Yeah, 100%. So for me, I, but what, I, what I'm realizing is at the end of the day, we're people helping people. Yep. So, you know, the layers of complexity that, that organizations have these days, like you've got your Salesforce and Marketo and all this data <laughs> and every, there's yeah. way too much data. Yeah. And we've got so many steps and so many checkboxes to, you know, we've got success plans and we've got QBRs and we've got all these layers of, of um, you know, requirements that we, we're trying to check the box yeah, to say, yeah, we yeah. are doing these things so our customers should be successful. The reality is, is we've, I've put so much kind of layers on that the teams are actually not able to spend more quality time with, yep. with their customers. And I was talking to um, a big fan of uh, success hackers, um, just getting our teams aligned around a, a process. And, you know, I was talking to Andrew over there and he's, I'm like, Andrew, just give me, give me some, some benchmarks on how much time should our customer facing like our CSMs be spending with customers. And he's like, yeah, 30 to 40% of their job time should be focused on engaging with customers in a proactive value add way. Not just, Hey, I'm calling up to see if you're okay, but you're actually right. driving engagement, you know, of what they want. And that's, that's been the kind of the key realization is that we're we're in the process of kind of pivoting our our company strategy and dealing with a specific type of persona and it that persona change changes everything that we've done for the last seven years <laughs> because the, the new customers that we're working with they don't really care about success plans they don't care about QBRs they care about the product promise does it they work care about yeah they they care about self help because they're more technical users they want to be able to search find deploy and and if they call they want a technical person not to be treated like a level one you know uh, person calling in just to just to start the the troubleshooting process you know as yeah do you know how to turn on your computer kind of 100 percent. yep so no, i think that's that's a, that's an excellent point yeah i'd love to jump into the the second cx pillar of tools so okay. like you already so awesome job laying out the the, the 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 lay of the land for how the team is built You've got offices all over the place. So you guys were already probably pretty comfortable working in a remote fashion even before COVID in this these last wonderful 12 or 13 or 14 months. Um, yeah. But I got to imagine tools was a big part of why Yellowfin was able to ha have some of the success that it's had as it's continued to grow into the future. Can you spend a couple minutes talking about your your your, your customer's team, uh, or sorry, your customer team and, and some of the tools that you guys use to drive day-to-day -day customer interactions and to keep the train on the tracks? as far as all the different uh, things that are getting thrown at you guys on a regular basis? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that was kind of funny because when I started seven years ago, like we were doing support, like the support team was doing support just to have an outlook and kind of sharing tasks. Like <laughs> we didn't really have, we didn't have a texting system. That's how everybody starts. So oh, totally. Everyone starts that way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're a business intelligence software company who then decided it would be really a good idea to build a, a CRM. So, you know, like I think a lot of companies have tried to do that. So we were running on homegrown CRM, doing basically ticketing system out of Outlook there. You know, at the, when I started, it was one office in Melbourne. 
so the scalability of kind of rolling out globally, I mean, I think, you know, the good lesson to learn is it's great to, to have a culture of we want everybody to, to have the tools and systems and things that they need for their departments. So unfortunately, we, we went down the track of a lot of teams went out and just kind of did their own thing. Sure. So sure. at one point, yeah, we had like, you know, all the cool tools that, you know, developers thought were really cool. They were doing their own thing. And then support was trying to build out an infrastructure to, you know, scale globally. And, and so we had, after like, I don't know, year three, we had all these systems that nobody was really using. And uh, we, we had to finally just say, this is the direction we're going. And so yeah. our yep. you know, working with the COO, we just are like, we're Office 365 shop. We're doing Teams. We're, you know, we've got Ring Central globally. Sure. Um, and we just had to remove all the noise and say, this is how we're going to communicate as a team. Yep. And, and so once we did that, that really helped us um, roll out offices and teams. And and actually, because we are spread out so globally, it did make it a little easier to get everybody, you know, homebound once COVID hit. Yep. Um, so that, that was nice. But, um, you know, I think for us, the next biggest move and what we're still in the process of doing is we're we were all in on Salesforce. Um, we just decided it was the best tool for us to go case management all the way through to um, finance. So that's that's been our kind of central hub. And okay. the only reason we're trying to do that is is to make it easier for us to um, ensure that everyone in the organization has a 360 degree view of the customer. Love it. And and our our next big thing is you know building out health scores and systems to be Love proactive. Yep. Um, that's that's kind of what we're working on now is just, again, peeling back the layers. And like I said, we're pivoting the customer that we're dealing with is, is more technical. Yep. And so we're having to look back and go where, do, because one of the best things that tools I've, 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 I've received here from a success hacker, uh, Andrew over there, they've got a capacity planning um, tool that you can use. And it's basically just like some Excel spreadsheets, but it works really well just to look at what are your, what's your team doing today? Your CS teams, what do you want them to do? And yeah. then it helps you just kind of see, like I would, it was a very eye-opening to see that uh, our CSMs were spending about 25% of their day on internal meetings and internal emails and just a lot of noise. And yeah. so we're really just yeah. trying to peel that away. So again, they can spend that 20, 20% of their day dealing with customers, understanding their, the customer's needs. Well, Lee, think so, about it. Some of the stuff that you guys are pinpointing that you guys are using, you're not only, it's a couple of things, you're leveraging your team, yeah. leveraging your tools, we're about to get into the third pillar of process, but when you do the math, guys, on some of some of these these things that Lee's talking about, if you're a very small business, let's say that you only have ten people on the team, all the folks that are talking to customers, if twenty percent of their time is going into an activity or a focus area that theoretically isn't about, it doesn't have anything to do with either giving your customer value, fixing a problem for your customer, or better, even better yet, proactively, almost like figuring out a customer's problem before they even realized that it was a problem and then already having yeah. an answer or a solution or path forward. That is a massive, massive opportunity for your business. What if you're a business that has a hundred customer or CX agents? And then yeah. you see the same thing that Lee's talking about where you can start to find areas where 10% here, or 20% there. That savings is astronomical. The ROI on that type of stuff is no executive in the world is going to argue with Lee saying, hey, I might have just figured out a place where we can get 10% of our CSM's time back. Oh, I mean, I was shocked. 5% reduction in internal meetings was, I mean, it, it almost was, um, if I got this right, about about half an FTE wow. time. Wow. A year. 
So yes. I, it, it was, yeah. And that's why. So, and again, you know, going back to, you know, it's great to have all the process for, and well, I think just, you know, kind of the standard of always falling back and reminding yourself is this process and things that I'm doing and, and, you know, the structure that we have and the requirements are making, is that for, is that for us yep. or, or is it for the customer? Yep. Like what's the customer experience to make them go through your processes? Yeah. Yeah. And is it a, is it a good experience or a bad experience? Totally. Totally. And, and honestly, I think one of the one of the biggest changes just in the last twelve months that I've really kind of hit me as I was kind of looking at some Gartner and Forrester changes on what actually drives brand loyalty. Yeah. And uh, I, I ended up picking up the effort, Effortless um, Experience book from like two thousand two, and I, okay. I, I had read it just and honestly rereading that I would highly recommend just to kind of refresh. A lot of uh, I did the memories around the ease of use for customers and yeah. what it is that they actually want. And yeah. honestly, if I mean just the research they did on if your customers actually having to call you to do stuff, you've already you've already tarnished your your their brand loyalty. Yeah, like you've got to you've got to help them solve the problems so they don't have to call you. Yeah, 100%. so for me that's that's been a huge like the last six months looking at where do we peel the layers away? How do we get them to be successful? So they don't have to call us. Yep. So they don't have yep. to, you know, rely on us to, well, you know, software company where it's, you know, it's hard to, hard to release uh, error, error free stuff. So, but how do you fix that? How do you proactively get them to a place where they're like, this solves my problem. And you know what those problems are. Right? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you met, you, you made a comment a little bit, just a couple minutes ago around, you know, some of the best companies in the world. No, number one, you made a comment about like, um, where can people just find the, 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 the answers themselves? The world has changed so quickly, guys, that there is a huge chunk of every one of your customer portfolios that doesn't even want to talk to your CX and, and actually, or your CS team or, or your support yeah. team or whomever your customer facing team is. And Lee, what you just mentioned around this idea of, and this fits perfect inside of this third pillar process, but yeah. the best CX-minded companies in the world that are building their answers or building their knowledge base or building their confluence or building their, their yeah. LMS systems to essentially encompass all the answers that your customer team needs. And by the way, I keep saying customer because this can be sales, this can be ops, this can be CX yeah. and CS, this can be, yeah. this can be product. I mean, you're having more and more companies, some of the best companies in the world. You've got product uh, and you've got product designers, product managers, engineers, UX designers, UI designers. They're finally starting to talk to customers too. And they're starting to spend yes. a lot of time understanding what makes them tick. What do they like? What do they not like? But Lee, the point that you made about the companies that take the time to document that knowledge, build out living playbooks, build out yep. confluence no or knowledge bases inside of their LMS or inside of their CRM or wherever the hell you want to put this stuff. But then, but then build it or write it or build that content in a way where it can be flipped around and, and your customers can get the same game from it. You've just in effect operationally smoothed X percent of the customers that you're going to use later on the line that can just go read those answers themselves and get their, oh. get their quick answer for you. Yep. And that's where, I mean, I think, yeah, looking at the KCS model, it just, it just has always worked for me. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I've seen, I've seen case reduction of 65% once you get up and running and that's just an amazing opportunity. One, you're, again, your customers want you and you hit this right on the head is like the, I think you just got to step back and go, how do, how do I, how do I solve my problems? Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I don't want to call the time. I don't want to talk to people on the phone anymore. I want to, I want to search. I want to, if, and I do actually really like chat. Um, and, yeah. and again, but it, how easy is it 
that you are making it for your customer to solve their problems. And that's really, I think, at the core of what my focus is right now is, is stripping away, making it easier, um, and, and really stepping back and just like, what do your, what do your customers want? And, and you, yeah. you said this perfectly, like, but your customers want different things, right? So I think that's where this, the power of the CS team is really, is really important is because you need someone to have that trusted relationship to ask those questions, to document that and share it across the organization. Like, you know, just because you have a problem, and this is what I'm learning is just because you have, you know, a process internally, like, okay, everyone gets onboarded, everyone gets a success plan. We're going to do health checks, this and this, but did you ask your customer, do they want that? Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's their preferences? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Cause then, I mean, you're laying, layering on a layer of complexity and cost and, and process to, to a customer that'd be like, I only want these two or three things out of your seven that you're offering me. 100%. Awesome. It's yep. good to know that we're going to kill those three things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how many companies, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with in the past that um, you'll, you'll do these communication preference exercises. For example, let's keep the, we'll keep the math simple. Say so you got a hundred customers yeah. in that giving uh, accounts customer portfolio. And you'll say, you know, it's, it's imperative to us that we reach one, uh, 90% of our customers by phone every single week. We have to do it. It's the only way that we can keep a pulse. And it's amazing how often when you, you, you take a step back and you ask the CX or, Hey, are we sure that those 100 customers prefer to be contacted primarily yeah. by telephone or are they email people or are they text message people or are they in-person yeah. people and then enter any of the mediums that we can communicate or work with a customer or work with an account on. And it's yeah. amazing how many companies don't stop to take the time to realize, do the first count, just understand who your phone people are, understand who your email people are, understand who your text message people are. And then I love Lee that you keep, you keep, we keep going back to this. Know who your FAQ customers are. Sorry, your your self help customers are who are just going to go to yeah. your FAQs. They're going to yeah. get ninety five percent of their answers there anyway, which are dream clients, right? Because they, yep. they basically they come in, they don't they they already know how to use the tool, know yeah. how to use the product, know how to use the the brand or the business, and those typically become the guys and the gals that become big promoters for your business. Oh, 100 percent agree, and I think you know that shift. And <clears throat> excuse me, what we're you know we're we're about to launch. We have a community now, but we're actually about to launch a new community focused on actually getting more of the company to engage with customers and and people, you know, I guess prospects and, and people that aren't customers of our, nice. our, our company to share. Yep. And again, going back to the end of the day, we're people helping people. So yeah. what do we actually, and, and I think just simply asking again, it's, you know, how do you want to engage with, how can we support your success? First, we want to understand it. What are your drivers? What's growth look like? What's success, you know, look like for you? Yeah. And then how do you want us to help you do that? Yeah. You know, and then and yep. then we will commit to that. And if it's only, I don't, I don't, I just want you to send me an invoice at the end of the year. Great. Yeah. Uh, now I know, right? Yeah. I'm not going to waste a whole bunch of time and energy trying to pull you into something you don't want to do. Big time. And like I said, I mean, for our shift, like we we now have super technical people that we're working with, and they don't have time for that. Like they they don't want that. The business side, they want they want to be told that they're getting their ROI and the value yeah. and all that. The technical teams, they just want stuff to work. And if it's not working, fix it quick because yep. that's their livelihood is yep. to, so. Love it. Lee, as we as we get as we get ready to wrap up today's episode, I, I want to make sure that we spend a couple of minutes hitting on that fourth and final CX pillar. Yep. And obviously this is perfect for Yellowfin because a big part of what you guys are helping 
folks do is understand where to find this information, where to see this, how to visualize this data, how to see this information and make it usable. Can you spend a couple minutes kind of talking about some of the ways that Yellowfin, you and your team at Yellowfin today, go about collecting and, and, and using your customer and your employee feedback? Yeah, no, that's great. I Huge. I think there's yeah two opportunities that I always, and, and look, I definitely know I need to get better at this. And, and I'm, I've luckily I've just um, had a great, uh, Amy just joined our company, she's been with us about six months and she's, this is her passion background. She was a consultant for quite a few years on voice of the customer programs. Awesome. And so we've had a voice of the customer program for um, about four years. And, you know, we, we, we mapped out our whole customer journey and we've got moments of truth and we got surveys going out and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The pro the problem we have is that that was a great victory for me to say, I've got a voice of the customer program. Problem is that the rest of the company doesn't really hadn't embraced that the feedback has to be held accountable. Like Correct. if we ask a question, it should drive an action. Correct. Like, and Absolutely. so, yeah. And so that's, that's the piece that we're about to kind of relaunch. Um, and I've got now buy-in because of just having feedback to, and I, I'll admit, I tend to use feedback sometimes if I motivate or embarrass some some of my teams, I apologize. Hey, it's no, a powerful the, position, man. The oh, data is, is a powerful position. <laughs> feedback, yeah. Data, data can be a great thing if used. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, I think I, we finally got into a place where, you know, the feedback programs now have owners, and, and yeah. honestly, we've we've hired some amazing senior leadership and marketing and and sales and our product team and they they get it they come from other organizations who've had a robust system so they're all they are all ready to own it <clears throat> and so for us i mean that's that piece but the other piece that i think is sometimes you get so focused on the customer that you forget about is the wealth of knowledge of your frontline teams who 100%. deal with customers every single day 100%. like we've been doing employee surveys Good. focused on how do we make it easier for you to work with our customers? How yeah. do how do we make it so you understand what the mission vision? I mean, all of those things are important, and I think, you know, just having that piece to start, I would say, is probably is the best place to start. Start with your own your own team and understand because they know exactly the pain points that are yeah. happening today, and then build out you know the voice of the customer. So, you know, it's it's funny because you sometimes you get stuck into doing things because it's best practice. Yeah. Uh, you know, the journey, I mean, you know what, four years ago, like if you didn't journey map and have a dedicated room with like, you know, stickies on the wall with all the, then you weren't doing your job well. If you, so, if you were wondering what you were up to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but I think, you know, again, it's, it is super important to understand the customer, the journeys and how all the teams, and that's how you connect your teams. It really yeah. is. And yeah. you know, the data, in not, I guess for, for our company, I mean, we're passionate about data and we, we know data is complex. Like even us as a business intelligence software company, data is complex and it, it's hard to, to take that feedback and, and really look at how you drive action. And, and really that starts with creating a culture that cares about the data and the outcome, yep. and sharing that and, and being transparent. Like just because just because we've gotten feedback that there's quality issues in this one area of the product, that doesn't mean that 
that team is terrible. It means we as a company and organization have an issue to, to address. Yep. And how we address that, the transparency of that, how we communicate back to our customers on that, acknowledge it, take ownership. And again, if you're, if you're going to do the voice of the customer, <clears throat> ask the questions that drive action and have yep. accountability. Because yep. without that, then you're wasting your customer's time and you have data you're not going to use. Yeah. Um, you'd rather have one good question you ask that you have an owner to than 75 questions that no one ever looks at. hundred percent. And, 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 you know, I think Lee, like when, when, when you're, when your your customer facing team or your agents are being asked to collect upon information that they already know is never going to happen. Who who wants to be the guy or the gal that has to have that conversation with the customer, ask those questions that are literally going to go nowhere and then especially for the best CSMs, the best customer focused um, agents out there and reps out there that are that, that actually build relationships with their customers, usually those relationships are already strong enough where a customer will say, well, wait a minute, Adrian, wait a minute, Lee, why are you even asking me that? I've already told yeah. you, I've told you in the last yeah. three you know, quarterly check-ins with you that I want XYZ with your product. You yeah. keep telling me yeah. it's not going to be built. Why are you asking me this again if I've already told you three times? And, and they start to feel that. That's one. And then the second thing is this though. You already hit on this so well, man, but like, it's almost like the companies that focus on VOC, right? Your voice of customer, yeah. your VOE, your voice of your employees. Mm-hmm. And then you build OKRs, you build quarterly goals, you build yeah. even just dashboards and, and, and you build some of the new ways that you visualize information and data that's coming into your business every single day. Those are usually the companies that, that, that are killing it, right? They're, they're, they're seeing... Yeah. Their sales going up to the right. They're, they're, they're showing up on all of these best places to work list because people love showing up there every single day to work with those folks. And the last thing is this, cust- uh, employees, they get to work with happy customers. Usually you're pretty happy, right? It's, it's, it's nothing yeah, yeah, better when no. you can work with um, a customer that loves hearing from your voice, hearing from your business, hearing from your brand. And it's, yes. it's a great feeling when you're, when you're a part of a business and a part of a brand that's delivering that type of an experience. So Awesome stuff, uh, really. Lee, before yeah. we wrap up today's show, man, I want to make sure I give you a chance. Um, number one, where can people find out more about you, sir, and Yellowfin? And then number two, any other um, any other big highlights or shout outs that you want the CX Nation to know about you and your team, sir? Yeah, well, first off, thank you for the time. It's been really fun just sharing. And, and I think, you know, that, you know, I think, yeah, anybody can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Lee Roque on LinkedIn. Um, glad to connect with anybody. Glad to share. It's just fun to talk and to get validated and to, to share the struggles because customer success isn't easy. And, and I think the demands on, on on all of us is just increasing. You know, I think COVID's been tough. I think, you know, people are overworked, but the expectations of, of customers these days, it's tough. I mean, especially if you're in any kind of subscription-based business where you have to win the loyalty over and over all the time and yep. everybody has a choice to leave it, yeah. it makes it tough and it wears your teams down and so excuse me i think you know validating that with your teams and talking about it and and, and just oh, you know celebrate and elevate the wins because they they matter and the yep. little things especially like you said if you're dealing with you know teams that are dealing with customers who are unhappy all the time that that's a hard job super hard job and, super hard and, job and i think it, you know Promoting that within the organization is, is is so important. You know, understanding the value of the customer, but understanding the teams that actually support and, and, and ensure customers renew and and do and, and grow is is important. So, anyway, thank you for the time just to share. But uh, you know, I think for 
for me, I mean, anybody can, if you need any help with, with, with your data, uh, that's our specialty. So, you know, yellowfinbi.com. But I think one of the things that I'll just want to say about kind of what we focus on is really creating the data culture. And again, there's the customer culture, there's a company culture, but your data culture is so important to how you actually work because if you can't look at the metrics, if you can't, like you said, and you just said it perfectly just a second ago, is have a couple of those metrics that people can unite around. And you know, it could just be one that we're going to focus on in the next 90 yep. days Very and we're going to do it as a team. And yeah. and everybody in the organization needs the transparency to to see that. But also, you know, data is complex. And and honestly, there's a lot of the backend systems that make, you know, that makes teams and process successful. But it's not easy, and so making that making that easy, making the contextual, you know, making your data beautiful and making the story behind your data something that people can read. Because a lot of times, you get those you know spreadsheets and all this data coming at you, and you don't want to be the one saying, "I don't understand what this means. Why is it valuable for me?" Yep. So being yep. able to have a, a, a play, a, you know, a way to actually put it into words that allow you to drive action. And so anyway, that's kind of what. That's our focus. That's how. That's how we we feel um, data should be used to to drive success. Um, yeah. So love it, love it. Well, look, Lee, Lee Rocret, pleasure having you on the CX Chronicles podcast. Absolute pleasure, folks. Uh, be sure to check out Yellowfin BI, awesome company. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting with you again really soon, my friend. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adrian, for the time. Absolutely. Thanks, Lee. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.